Oh, Father, how good it is to be in Your presence. How good it is to be Your people. How good it is to know the joy of being near to You. Father, we know we're in Your presence now, no matter where we are in this city, no matter where we are in the world, as Your people, we can come into Your presence with thanksgiving. And we do that this evening, God. Thank You that we're not a fractured community. Though we might be in different houses, in different places right now, we know that we are united by Your Spirit. And so we give You all the honour, all the praise, and we just ask that You come now. Fill us with Your Spirit. Fill us with a sense of Your presence and the fact that You are uniting us as a people, even now as we're in different spaces. So bless this time and speak to us in Jesus' Name. Amen. Amen. Well, it's great to be streaming live to your living room. Um, I'm, I'm here, obviously, at, at church, but really, this is when we get to realise what church actually is. And so we're united here as one people, and we can enjoy uh, this time together. Uh, we're obviously live streaming here, so you're catching me in your homes as I'm speaking. There are people uh, in, in I, I don't know, wherever you are. You could be anywhere. Not at the beach, though, obviously. Um, so it is an incredible thing, this technology that we have now. And I wanted to up my game in the technology sphere and use the Bible app. So I'm going all out on technology here. So if you have the Bible app on your phone, uh, there should be a slide up there on the screen. You can go um, into the Uversion app, go to um, more down the bottom right-hand corner of the screen. And then if you hit events, you'll be able to see there the Bridgman Baptist Community Church, and you'll be able to follow along with the sermon notes as we go through. Uh, so feel free to jump on that and um, send a link, share that around to anyone you want. Um, the, the other thing that I'm sure you're wondering is what is the Bible's response to the coronavirus? And um, this particular image here was posted outside a church in the US. Um, and... Yes, I mean, it's true. That's exactly what we should do. I'm not sure that, that the text exactly meant um, it's specifically for the coronavirus, but there you go. Uh, but th this is the thing. When we come to God's Word, God's Word is not subject to the coronavirus. God's Word does not see decay. God's Word is constant and it is alive and He's here and He's speaking to us by His Word. So let's come with expectancy Let's still ourselves, let's open our hearts and ready ourselves wherever you are to hear from God tonight. So if you're, if you're just joining in, we've been covering a series in Galatians over the last five weeks. We've gone over the gospel over and over again. We've been circling it. We've been trying to scale it. We've been trying to burrow underneath it. And the express purpose here that Paul has in this letter to the Galatians is to isolate buzzword, the gospel, give it at least a 1.5 metre radius so that we can see it for all that it is, to strip away all the human attempts to add to it, to modify it, to make it suit ourselves, 
and to allow us to see it and know it for the good news that it is. And so tonight we come to Galatians 6 and I wanna kick off in verses 11 to 15. This is what Paul says. See what large letters I use as I write to you with my own hand. In summary, what Paul is saying is here is that if, you, if you've gotten anything out of the last five chapters, which I hope you have, by the way, um, then at least get this. This is in bold. If Paul were alive today and he was sending you a live stream, he would be saying, turn up the volume to your TV. And this is what he has to say. Those who want to make a good impression outwardly are trying to compel you to be circumcised. The only reason they do this is to avoid being persecuted for the cross of Christ. Not even those who are circumcised obey the law, yet they want you to be circumcised that they may boast about your flesh. May I never boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, through which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. Neither circumcision nor uncircumcision means anything. What counts is a new creation. In this time of uncertainty that we're living in, my prayer tonight is that we will happen upon the good news afresh, that all the things that we've looked into, um, looked to in our lives for fulfillment, for satisfaction, for security, that will be seen in their true light as the gospel comes into full view. And I'm praying that this truth will empower and equip us as God's people to live out the lives we've been called to. Something new has happened, a new creation. In 2 Corinthians 5, Paul even puts it like this. He says, this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone, a new life has begun. And all of this is a gift from God who brought us back to Himself through Christ. And God has given us this task of reconciling people to Him. These are the big, bold letters that Paul is summarising for us. What counts is the new creation. Let's imagine for a little while that you've somehow managed to be on, on a kind of extreme solitude retreat for the last two weeks or so, right? With no contact with the outside world, no technology, no news, no social media. And as you come back into reality, you might think that there's a lot different. Things have changed. It's not the same as what it was two weeks ago. In fact, Jared Leto, who's a famous actor and musician in the US, uh, did exactly that. And here's what he posted on Instagram when he returned back home. He says this, Wow, 12 days ago, I began a silent meditation in the desert. We were totally isolated, no phone, no communication, etc. We had no idea what was happening outside the facility. 
walked out yesterday into a very different world. One that has been changed forever. Mind-blowing to say the least. I'm getting messages from friends and family all around the globe and catching up on what's going on. Now that's not the new sort of creation we're talking about. That's not the difference that we're talking about. That's, that's more of the same, more, more of the old. Yes, it's a lot worse than what it was before, but there's not a complete change. In Galatians 5, last week, we actually got a good picture of, of what the new creation really looks like. And the chapter, chapter 5, ends with the fruit of the Spirit, the new reality that the Spirit brings into the life of the Christian. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. This is what characterises the new life of the Christian. A new creation is the ultimate reality. It trumps all other circumstances and powers. It's not a changing of the old. It's a completely new thing. When, when this life is being lived out, this new life in all its fullness, Galatians 5 says there's not even a need for the law. And that's where we're picking up tonight. And the passage we're going to be focusing on is from Galatians 5.25 to 6.5. It starts in verse 25. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking and envying each other. Brothers, if someone is caught in a sin, you who are spiritual should restore him gently. But watch yourself or you also may be tempted. Carry each other's burdens, and in this way, you will fulfill the law of Christ. If anyone thinks he is something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. Each one should test his own actions. Then he can take pride in himself without comparing himself to somebody else, for each one should carry his own load." Now, if you were an ancient Galatian, or maybe even you picked up on this, but, but if for five whole chapters, Paul has been railing on people who have been focusing on the law, saying things like, a person is not justified by the works of the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ, or all who rely on the works of the law are under a curse, and if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. If Paul's going on about the law this way and then all of a sudden you were to hear him say, do this particular thing and you will fulfill the law of Christ, you would be absolutely triggered. It'd be like someone who is super aware of hygiene, like we all are now, and this person makes sure that you don't have any physical contact. You're obeying the 1.5 metre rule. They get you to put on gloves. You have a face mask and you're thinking, okay, this seems a bit overboard, but, you know, we'll do it. Um, and then the same person, as you're about to put on your face mask, just sneezes right in your face. 
you can't go on plugging hygiene and then sneeze in someone's face. So what is Paul doing here? If the whole time he's been talking about these people who have been using the law in a wrong way and he's been pushing that to the side and now all of a sudden in the final chapter, he says, do this and you will fulfill the law of Christ. This can't just be an accidental verbal sneeze that Paul is doing here. And so what is it? What is this law of Christ? And I'm really grateful that you're tuning in for this. And that's what we're going to be looking at. We're looking really at three brief questions. What is the law of Christ? How can we possibly fulfill the law of Christ? And what does it look like practically in our lives? Okay, so what is the law of Christ. Paul's obviously not trying to trigger people, um, but he is wanting to draw the Galatians' attention and our attention for us to see something important here. And one commentator puts it like this, the law of Christ is a pattern of life stemming from the heart of the gospel, which is usually embodied in the example and teachings of Jesus. And when we apply this pattern to our lives, when we live in the same way in our context, we fulfill this law. So what is this pattern that we see in the life of Christ? When we look at the life of Christ in the Bible, what we see characterizing his life is a combination of acts of love and humility. And what's so extraordinary about Jesus' life is he lives in this supernatural tension between doing good acts and humility. He was God, but made himself nothing, a servant for our sake. This is a supernatural element of Jesus' life. And you might be asking, how, how is that supernatural? Well, let's take a look. It's actually impossible for us as humans to 100% separate good actions from pride and conceit. The Bible doesn't actually tell us that we can never do any good acts. But what it does tell us is that even when we do those good acts, it is inevitable, unavoidable, even if only to the smallest degree, not for us to credit ourselves with that good act. So rather than a completely free gift, the good things we do become transactions a sort of, you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. It's a we do so we can mentality. We give so we can feel good or appreciated. We help so we can be helped. We do so we can. How can you tell if this is the case in your life, how can I tell if this is the case in my life? Well, if, you, if, you've, if, got, if you've ever gone out of your way to do something good for someone and maybe they didn't acknowledge it or show any gratitude, what are the feelings that come up? Maybe they took advantage of your good act. If you feel offended or indignant or angry at all, it's because you're not 
getting back in return what you expected. Maybe you do something for someone and later on down the track, you need help and the same person that you help refuses to help you. Does that offend you? Now, if you're really clever, there's a way around this feeling offended sort of business and it's what I like to call the moral bank account. So when you do good things, you can accumulate good credit in your account. So when people don't thank you or acknowledge you, rather than get offended or angry, what you can do is you can just check the balance in your account. Rather than it, than it riling you up, you can feel good about being a good person compared to that other ungrateful person. But Paul says when we do this, we're really actually accumulating pride and conceit. The bigger our account grows, the more we look down on other people and expect more of them. And this is actually the problem that Paul is talking about with the Judaizers that we've been looking at in the past few weeks. This is what humans do. I know it all too well, myself and my own life, but this is not Jesus. Jesus gave freely everything he did. His whole life was given freely for the benefit of others. The cross actually stands up as the most supernatural act of love because Jesus' whole life is given up freely for our sake. The cross stands right in this tension, holding together the act of love and complete humility. Jesus takes all of our guilt and shame on himself. He bears our burden of sin on himself. There's no credit that he's accumulating um, that he's gonna charge to anyone afterwards. There's no moral high ground. There's no pride or conceit. It's the ultimate demonstration of humble love. This is the law of Christ. This is the pattern. So how can we possibly fulfill the law of Christ? Remember what we said, when we apply this pattern, humble love to our lives, when we live in the same way that Jesus lived in our context, we fulfill this law. And of course, that is an impossible task. It's an impossible pattern for us to imitate. And I hope that the last five weeks in Galatians has drummed the gospel message home to you that we cannot fulfill the law of Christ apart from Christ. No matter what we do, we'll never be able to completely separate good actions from pride, conceit, and envy. Everything we do is tainted by sin. But if you are a Christian, you know Jesus has freely given himself to you. He's given you his spirit and we now are a new creation. His spirit in us has made us a completely new person. And now rather than a mentality of I do so that I can, it becomes I can 
because he has. I can what? I can live the life he's called me to. I can act in love, but only because Jesus has reconciled me to God. He has made me new. He has given me his spirit. So now when we step and act out in love, we can boast in Jesus. This pattern that Jesus embodied isn't just something that we copy in our own strength. Jesus isn't just a new Moses who comes down from a mountain and gives us 10 good rules to live by. That's not what the Bible is saying here. It's saying that if you're a Christian, you are a new creation. You are alive by the Spirit. You live by the Spirit. And since you live by the Spirit, keep in step with the Spirit. Our activity of love as Christians is the Spirit's work. So you have the freedom to do the acts of love. And when you do, you are fulfilling the law of Christ. Before you, before you were a Christian, you didn't even have the ability to fulfill the law of Christ regardless of what you did. If you did the wrong thing, you were wrong. If you tried to do the right thing and you credit it to yourself, you were wrong. There was no way of doing the right thing. But that's not the case anymore. As a new creation, you have the freedom and the life of the Spirit to empower you to walk in step with the Spirit. All of this means if you're a Christian here or there tonight, you can fulfill the law of Christ as you live out your life motivated by love through the power of the Holy Spirit whom you already have. So what does that look like for us as individuals and as a community? What practical example does Paul give us here to start living this way, fulfilling the law of Christ? And thankfully, he does actually give us a bit of a generic example here in chapter six, in, in verses one to five. And he goes, this is what he says, brothers, if someone is caught in sin, you who are spiritual should restore him gently. But watch yourself or you also may be tempted. This, this is actually a fascinating um, thing that Paul is doing here because he starts off addressing everyone in the plural. He says, brothers, everyone, all of you as a community, right? But then as soon as, as soon as he says, watch yourself, he doesn't say watch yourselves. He says, watch yourself. He's talking to individuals here. He's talking to you. He's talking to me personally as an individual. And he's saying, watch yourself or you also may be tempted. And, he, and then he goes on. There's, so there's this, this communal aspect and there's this, this aspect that's to the individual. So he, then he goes, carry each other's burden, which is plural again. Do this collectively, carry each other's burdens together. And in this way, you will fulfill the law of Christ. If anyone, back to the singular, back to the individual, if anyone thinks he is something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. Each one should test his own actions 
then he can take pride in himself without comparing himself to, to somebody else. For each one should carry his own load. So there's a, there's a corporate message for us here tonight. God is speaking to us corporately as a church, as Christians, together. And there's also a message to us as individual Christians. Corporately, as God's people, as His church, as the body of Christ, let us together not grow weary of doing good. Let's continue to encourage and spur one another on to love and good deeds. Let's bear each other's burdens. Let's get alongside each other. And you know, burden bearing is not easy. Jonathan Edwards actually puts it like this. He says, in many cases, we may, by the rules of the gospel, be obliged to give to others when we cannot do it without suffering ourselves. Else, how is that rule of bearing one another's burdens fulfilled? If we be never obliged to relieve others' burdens, but when we can do it without burdening ourselves, then how do we bear our neighbour's burdens when we bear no burdens at all? Burden bearing is felt. We've, we may feel it pinch our time, our energy, our pockets. People are struggling all around us, even more so in the time that we're in at the moment. People are fearful, anxious, depressed, seized unaware by sin. And Christians are not unaffected in this time. We're not immune to these things or to the coronavirus. And the call is to be involved in each other's lives by the power of the Spirit. Let's bear each other's burdens together. And in this way, we are fulfilling the law of Christ. We are living perfectly in the tension between self-giving love and humility as we live our lives together in the power of the Spirit, in step with the Spirit. That's God's call to us as a community. And to us as individuals, as we're doing this as a community, he says, remember, test your actions. When you step out in faith and do good, when you love others, examine yourself to make sure that you're not relying on yourself or crediting the action to yourself. Don't compare yourself to others. Remember that it is the Spirit who is working all good things in you through what Jesus has done because of Jesus' humble love. As we, as we do this, we'll be able to confidently say, as Paul does, far be it from me to boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. Let's be a people who are marked by the power of the Spirit as we bear one another's burdens in love, as we truly love one another, as pride, envy and conceit are weeded out and put to death. 
Let's even in this season of uncertainty, step forward in expectation for all that God is going to do in us and through us by His Spirit. We are a new creation, church. We can because He has. And so as we, as we come to a close here tonight, as we continue in worship in this next song that comes up, let's take the time to thank God for all that He's done and is doing in our lives. All that He's done in us as a church over many years, all that He's done in our lives as individuals. And let's take some time to test our own actions as well. And when we close tonight, when the the TV, when the screens get switched off, let's open up to each other. Wherever you are, if you're in a home together with people, if you're with your family, open up to each other. Share your burdens, share your struggles with each other. Step out in love towards each other. If you know people who are doing it tough, do something, send them a text, jump on, jump on the phone to them. Particularly, I, I, before we start, I just wanted to even bring the medical staff that are really under the pump right now, bearing heavy burdens. Let's encourage them too. Our leaders, let's encourage them. Let's speak words of encouragement. Let's take on their burden to the best of our ability, whatever that looks like, I don't know. If you're alone tonight, pick up the phone and call someone. Open up those lines of communication. If you know someone who's in isolation, give them a call. Start a dialogue with them and consider how you can spur one another on to love and good deeds and so fulfill the law of Christ together by the power of the Spirit. Let's pray. Father, we thank You for Your unending love, for the way that You've made through Jesus for us to know life and life to the full. Thank You that we're not the same because of what You've done. We are a new creation. We have Your life in us, Your Spirit giving life to our mortal bodies, equipping us and drawing us into the life that You have for us, giving us the power to do things that we could never do before. And so now, God, we come to You and we, we, we pour out our lives we ask that You do a new thing here in the midst of all this uncertainty, in the midst of all, all the pain and suffering. We ask that You make us a people who are willing to bear each other's burdens. Unite us by Your Spirit, God. Lead us into all that You have for us. Oh God, we want to see more of You in our midst, in the light of all this pain and suffering. We wanna see Your love shine. So do that in our lives, in Jesus' Name. Amen. 
Thank You, great God. We just praise and honour You tonight, Father. We just continue to pray that You would use us this week, wherever we are, bearing in one another's burdens, great God, that You might use us to have an impact, those individual lives. Help us to see the opportunities around us. We do pray, great God. We love You heaps. We worship You in Jesus' mighty Name. Amen. Amen. Hey, I do want to say so good to have You here with us online. And I want to encourage you from what we heard from Dan tonight. Continue to pray this week that God might open up those opportunities just bless and to be an encouragement to speak life and love into people's lives around you. Have an awesome week. If you want to find out more, feel free to email through to prayer at bridgman.org.au or hello at bridgman.org.au. We'd love to send you some more information if you want to find out more about us as a church or how to move forward in your own relationship with God. We'd love to do that. Uh, God bless you so much. Have an awesome week. We'll see you next Sunday. Thanks for joining with us for our service today. If you sense God speaking to you or you'd like to find out more, we want to help and encourage you on your journey of faith. You can reach out to us via our website or email hello at bridgman.org.au. And don't forget, if you have a prayer need, we'd love to pray for you. And you can fill in a prayer card on our website or email prayer at bridgman.org.au. I'm praying God's blessing for you this week and we look forward to connecting with you again soon. Yeah, it's great to be linking in with you wherever you're linking in with us tonight. Just want to share, I've been sharing in fact across all of our services today, some of the ways we continue to reach out in this season for us as a church. And uh, if you've been with us on the journey, uh, you'll know that our vision for this year is actually everyone from Romans 10, 13, which says, everyone who calls on the Name of the Lord will be saved. And we said that uh, this verse shows us how incredibly valuable each and every person is to our God. And not only that, but that not one person is beyond the reach of our great God, beyond the reach of His transforming love and power. And so this has been our vision for the church. Well, the vision has just gotten a whole lot bigger. It's now everyone, everywhere. We know that the church is not a building. It is the people. It is all about people. We are the church. You are the church gathered right across our community and our city. We had no idea when we launched this vision, everyone, that God would literally be helping us to reach more people than ever before through online streaming of our services and literally be taking us out into our community right across this city, meeting everywhere, all over the place. And so it's an exciting time, some great visions that God is opening up for us. And this is the new bigger vision, everyone, everywhere. And I wanna share with you some of the ways we're gonna be reaching out during this season. Firstly, in the area of prayer, we're gonna be praying individually and corporately, our regular prayer meetings, as David's already mentioned. Not only that, we wanna give an opportunity for people to be prayed for. We know there are many prayer needs across our community at this time. So we've set up an email address, prayer at bridgman.org.au, as well as our prayer response card on our website. And people can link in there, send their prayer requests in. And as David mentioned, we're gonna be linking in with these prayer initiatives that are happening right across our state and our nation, praying every day at 7pm right up until Easter. We're gonna be a part of that. 
and next Sunday with our joining in with churches all across our nation for our national day of prayer and fasting. We have a heart to pray for our community, our city, our nation, our world in a greater way than ever before. And we will be doing some online prayer meetings as well using Zoom or Skype, whatever platform we can get to work the best. We're gonna be linking in there. That's in the terms of prayer, in terms of our bridge care, our team are gonna organise these helpful hampers for us. You can help us be a part of that, donate items. Um, also, just to be able to link here to be blessing those in need and are vulnerable. We're also setting up an online volunteer form. And on that form, if you are fit and able and available, we wanna link you up with people across our community who um, need help, who need encouragement at this time. You can do some shopping for them, or you might be able to um, give them a phone call or do some jobs around their home, particularly those who are most isolated at this time. Our bridge kids, uh, sorry, our streetlight team is gonna continue to keep meeting down at the local park here as well at this time as well as our, our Bridge Care community teams are gonna keep heading out. We wanna keep loving our community well at this time. Bridge Kids, Pastor Trish and the team, they've done a fantastic job. We're doing Bridge Kids live services. We had our first one this morning. Lots of people tuning in there as well. We've got online content for our kids and family members and parents to link in together, to continue to engage during this time, which we're excited about. Switch Youth, is continuing to reach out online through a podcast, which Trav and the team have already produced this week. One, they'll keep going out as well as Friday night switch service going live. Don't miss that, um, particularly for our young people. The link in there. Our online outreach services, we're really excited about. We already have our first outreach series starting next Sunday night, Making Sense of Turbulent Times. Pastor David's gonna be sharing. Then the week following, we have Dan Patterson, who is an apologist and itinerant speaker with Ravi Zacharias International Ministries. He's gonna be here speaking as well and doing a live Q&A, live stream Q&A following that message also. So don't miss that as well as our Easter services. They're gonna be um, streamed online, great outreach opportunity. And the vision we want everyone to catch hold of is to imagine if each one of us was to send a link to our live stream just to one other person, the impact that could have right across our community. So I wanna encourage you to be praying thinking about someone who you can send that link to. For our connect groups, Pastor Dan's looking at ways we can link up in connect groups via online platforms as well. So no one misses out. No one has to miss out on linking in, being part of community during this time. Our city service with Pastor Matt and the team there, they're launching a house church network, kicking off on Friday night, April 3rd. Um, stay tuned for more info about that. And then G'day Saturday, this is really exciting. They are launching online English classes after Easter via Zoom. There is now no physical boundaries in the number of people we can reach from other nations and bless from other nations. So we're excited about the opportunities God is giving to us. His heart is to reach everyone everywhere. That is His heart. And in this season, where there's much uncertainty and where there's a lot of fear around, we praise God for the unshakable promises, the hope that is found in Him. So I wanna encourage you to pray with faith for all that God is doing in this season. I wanna pray for us right now, in fact, and pray for our community, pray for our world. So join with me as we pray right now. Heavenly Father, we thank You that You are doing incredible things in this season, great God. We thank You for the unshakable promises that are found in You. And so as Your church, as Your people, we are stepping into this great God. We wanna love and care for people in a greater way than ever before. Pray more than ever before, Lord Jesus, we pray. And we are asking that through this season, Lord, we will see a great harvest, people coming to know hope and healing and life in You. And so we pray these things in Jesus' Name. And everyone said, Amen. There's an op-